0: Welcome to the Growing Pains podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Delavaneri. Every entrepreneur has a unique story. The Growing Pains podcast is all about unveiling and reverse engineering those stories. Through hearing the hardships, failures, and successes, we hope to educate, inspire, and connect the entrepreneurial community of Lakeland. Now, let's get into this week's episode. So let's, um, let's, you know, just like we did in the Q&A, let's start kind of from the top, you know, so... What is Take Heart and how did, how did it get started with you?
1: Take Heart is a nonprofit advocating for orphans and widows in Kenya. We also have a fair trade store that we sell items from artisans all over the world and as well as local artisans. Take Heart was started back in October of 2012 when I, first took, my, when I took my first trip to Kenya. I had been working in the emergency room for 22 years and was invited to take a trip to Kenya, and on that trip, several things happened. And that when I came back from that, is when Take Heart was launched.
0: Okay. Well, you, what prompted you to go on that trip to Kenya? So you'd been doing something for 22 years, then you know something happened that kind of forced you down a new path, or at least got you to to consider a new path. You know. So what what happened in there that created that change in your life?
1: I was raised. I was actually adopted when I was two days old, and the parents who raised me, especially my mom. Had a real passion for missions, and um, she died in um, February of 1999. It was her death that started my journey, feeling like I was going to do something different. So I started taking some trips, to the local church, and then visited many other countries, and started looking at different maybe aspects of, of ministry that I might be involved in. So that was one of the key things that that started that. Journey.
0: Which is an interesting point. So you, you, you know, this started you on a path, and you could have chosen maybe one of a hundred angles on that path. And part of this was a discovery process to figure mm-hmm. out what was the right angle for you. Mm-hmm.
1: It was definitely a journey trying to figure that part out. So after the death of my mom, took a trip to Ecuador, and it was actually on that trip that I began to really feel an, a, a calling of sense that I was going to do something different. I always thought it might be medicine, which was what I was in. Which would in. make sense because that's what you were naturally already in. That would make perfect sense. <laughs> and but sometimes things don't go as exactly how they make perfect sense. And so as I began to travel and learn and grow and continue to work full time, it was actually through a process of, 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 of just going, moving forward, going to the next step. And over a period of, of 12 years, I was learning and kept searching. And it was when I got an invitation from my birth sister, I met my birth family, and she invited me. She just felt like the strong inclination to invite me to go to Kenya. And so I said yes and got on an airplane with seven strangers. Was that like out of the norm for you? Were
0: you kind of surprised you said yes to it to, to a an event like that? I mean, I don't know if I would have said yes.
1: I think that I'm for sure an adventurer and a risk taker. So it's not uncommon for me to say yes to something without a lot of thought. My mother's heart was always Africa and she had begged me to take trips with her, uh, which I didn't. I kind of had a bad attitude. We had a great relationship, but I had a bad attitude about her call and her mission to go around the world. She's been in over 30 countries. Just
0: didn't understand what, why I need to take her away from here kind of a thing. Like, you know, hey, there's plenty to do here at home.
1: Exactly. And and I hear that a lot, too. And that's true. There is plenty to do here at home. So it's all of us finding what we're passionate about. But I didn't understand her passion. I definitely regretted not going with her. And I felt like I was getting a do-over. I'm going to go to Africa. So I didn't, I didn't even flinch. I said, yes, I'm going. And then I talked to my husband, and he was a good with it. <laughs> and i had some funds that went toward the trip and so that was that was a yes
0: okay and so you 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 get out to kenya and it sounds like it was a pretty immersive experience that changed your outlook on everything really
1: yes that trip in october 23 october of 2012 changed everything i thought i was just going on another trip i was pretty excited about it cuz i'd never been to africa i was excited to spend the time with my sister and get to know her better and it was on that trip that I literally collided with my destiny. We were in a really remote area. In fact, we weren't even on Google Maps until a couple of years ago. So it was very, very, very remote. We lived in this orphanage of teenagers, mostly. And I was very surprised. I thought orphans were little children, but they had come as little children. But those little children grow up. As they age out around the world, 70% are traffic, child marriage, suicide, Cyclical poverty and just sheer hopelessness is a part of who they become. And also on that first trip, in the middle of the night, we heard all these screams and 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 just people crying. And we woke up the next morning. We asked the local pastor what happened in the night, and they said, "There's a widow. She's literally not too far. You know, obviously we could hear everything. There was a widow that hung herself, and her family found her." and so though that that event itself significantly affected it me kind of
0: shakes your reality a little bit i mean because it's so what it sounds like is it's something that that really challenged the established perceptions that you had and and really uh, probably many of us have established perceptions of, of what we think is um that if we were to say yes to an immersive experience like what you said yes to might rock your foundation a little bit. And that sounds like the rocking of that foundation is what sets you off on a new course here.
1: Yes, I know we, when someone commits suicide and I was familiar with it from the emergency room, had seen it many times, hanging is a very dramatic way to do that. So I was very moved just from my history of, of, of being exposed to that from the emergency room. Also myself struggling with depression, myself. You I was- can,
0: You were like, hey, yeah, I can identify with some of these thought processes.
1: yes. I remember thinking, oh, my gosh. And this kind of evolved over the next couple of years. But I remember thinking I had everything and she had nothing. She had no support system, no medication, no physician, no counselor, and all the things that were against her and had and, been and taken from really her. And
0: accentuate your feeling of hopelessness. Yes. Know, because you're going, if you can feel hopeless and having all of these tools and options at mm-hmm. your disposal like we do in in a country like this. I can't even imagine the hopelessness you would feel if you didn't, if you had a lack of all of that. You're right. going, how do you pull yourself out of that despair?
1: Yes. And so as I, we decided to take a meal. It's what you do here. It's what you do there. We took a meal, um, put our funds together, took a meal to the family. And I remember specifically, she lives up on a hill. And I remember walking to that house and it was as clear, as much as I had searched for 12 years, this was clear as day. This is where you're going to be. You're gonna bring hope so people don't have to make this option. I looked into the eyes of her children and I connected with them immediately. And they are at this point a part of our organization of Take Heart. So I knew on that trip, even in the airport in London, I emailed my pastor and my husband and said, This is it. This is what I'm gonna do the rest of my life.
0: This is this is the path.
1: This is the path.
0: Okay. So you got set down on this path and and it sounded like, you know, the first place to start was how, how do we start this nonprofit? You know, I've heard of nonprofits. I know what a 5013C is, mm-hmm. but where do we get started at? Yeah. So where did you all get started at?
1: Very interesting, because I never thought I would start an organization. I am very passionate about education and I'm very passionate about very thing, money going to what it was intended for. So I, I came back and wanted to start helping a student. There was a student named Millicent. She was up late at night when I went to bed when I got up in the morning, she was studying again and she scored really well. I got one of the physicians I was working with. We came together, got some money to send her to a better boarding school. And the organization, the orphanage didn't wanna do that. And so I was like, it, I was like, oh my, what is that?
0: We've got this money raised for a particular purpose. Why can't we use it for that right.
1: purpose? And so that was one of the things that, that kind of stopped, started me thinking also When I came back, my personality was, I got to help somebody. So I'd met a local pastor, find me a woman that's as desperate as that woman that wants to kill herself. And he introduced me to Caroline. And so my personality was like, let's go. So we put, her kids had been out of school for four years. She had five kids, was pregnant with number six. In this culture to this day, women are inherited once their husband dies. And that's a whole nother story.
0: Angle to it. Yeah. Whole angle. They're treated more like property than they are like people.
1: You couldn't have said it any better. And it's just, it's, it's, it's so sad. So she was pregnant now with her sixth child. She couldn't sell tomatoes anymore, and she was just desperate. And so we, we were introduced to each other, basically just through a photo, and we built her a new home. She was living in such a tiny place. No, obviously, most people don't have electricity in there, but but it, it it's it's horrible the way that it looked. It
0: was even worse than what some of the other people were in, yeah.
1: Much worse because her husband had died. Um, the brothers of the husband, if you want to look at it like that, were, were tormenting her to take her land. And she just really couldn't even work. The basic things that she was doing, she couldn't do anymore. So we got some prenatal care for her because your complications as you have more and more children can go up. And we put all the kids back in school, got them a uniform, built her a new mud house. But it was still uh, amazing for her. And we started. And so she actually went into labor on my birthday, March 4th of 2013. I got a phone call. Caroline is in labor. And a little bit later, an email text. I don't remember how I communicated that. Now my whole life is on WhatsApp and Zoom. Yeah. And But they said the baby's breech. The midwife can't do anything. And she's going to die. And I said, no, she's not going to die. Do something. They had no transportation, put her on a motorcycle, full labor, oh breech baby. She on the way begins to hemorrhage, gets to a district hospital. Nobody's there to help. And as the story goes, she's passed out. So we don't always know exactly. But but in, in enough time, someone came in and did a C-section and Puce was born. Puce is a big part of my life. Just turned eight years old and was born actually on on the day after my birthday, March 5th. And so then I got the story, Caroline's weak. There's no blood here. There's no fluids. And I said, take her somewhere. She's not going to die. We're here helping. My husband and I had committed, well, whatever this cost is, we're, we're going to take it. So they put her in a car this time, took her a couple hours, kind of like an ambulance, but not really. And she stayed at this hospital for two weeks, got 16 units of blood, and she lived. And it cost my husband and I $500. So if you want to be really raw, that's $250 a life.
0: And you're going, w- what a great use of funds.
1: What a great use of funds. It's called orphan prevention. So you come alongside the woman and you encourage her, um, you, you help her with these medical bills. And um, so we, we paid that off. Caroline recovered and started on the path of, of microfinance. Um, we gave her some very small loans. She started selling about 12 things instead of just tomatoes. And let's fast forward six or seven years. She now has a storefront. Now let's, it's a mud house. It's a mud yeah, but with it, a roof, but, it, but, but it's I a mean, storefront for there. Yeah. And she goes to multiple markets. Just visited her this last time. She's completely self-sustainable. Take Heart does not help her anymore, except for her primary kids. We still cover their education because that's what we do for all of our women. So when, when I saw that those amount of funds can make a huge difference, I was in. I was like, cause, cause let's you're go. Going,
0: you're going now, my why is so strong. Like for every 500 bucks I, I mm-hmm. raise, I can I can possibly save two people.
1: Right. Like, you right. Go, so
0: at what point do you not want to raise the additional? Yeah, exactly. You, you, you would keep pushing in as hard as you can.
1: Right. And then we, at that point, it became clear that, that we were going to launch and start our own organization. And so didn't have any idea what I was going to call it. There's a, there's a song by Hillsong United that I had listened to over and over. It was a part of my um, oldest daughter's, like a human video thing they did at church. I'd listened to it so many times. And there's a line in the songs that says, his love will lead you through the night. And the widow didn't make it through the night. And so I felt a strong impression to say, name it Take Heart. And Take Heart means to take heart, to have courage, to do it again. And I've said so many times now, I thought Take Heart was for the widows and these students. It's actually for me and for anybody listening there, we all, what the mission is. Yes. We all have to take heart to fulfill our callings, to, to make a difference in this world. And so that's kind of where the name actually came from.
0: Okay. And so, and so, you know, you, you all, you all get your first taste of what this help can feel like and look like. And you, you emotionally felt the impact that it made and that, that motivates you to get this organization off the ground and to the next level. Now, I know that you 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 have um you've approached it a couple of different ways. You know, one you do have you do have donors that you've developed mm-hmm. that believe in this cause and they're donating funds to it. Um, you know, but you've also opened up um you know a a storefront to help mm-hmm. to raise funds for this. And I know that a, a deep piece of that connects back to wanting to be able to use the donor funds specifically for what they were intended for. And so yes. you're trying to cover as much as the over of the overhead of the organization through your storefront as you're able to. Right. So, so tell us a little bit about that storefront now, you know, the products that you've assembled there, you know, they've got deep meaning. You know, the, I know that they're, they're fair trade mm-hmm. products. Mm-hmm. And then the funds that, that are generated from that, how are they used?
1: When it became clear, we were going to start a 501c3 and we began that paperwork. It became clear, things started getting busier that um, I was being called to resign my job. And so that was a very big step. It was scary, I'm sure. It was a very scary step. It affected my family. We actually even sold our house. I tend to be all in or all out. And so we became very radical. And those funds were what literally um, started Take Heart. You, You can't start a nonprofit without funds and support. And as I began to see the cost of helping women, the cost of education, because we help High school and university students, so it's quite a bit more cost, especially the university students, all their room and board, all their tuition. So, as um, my, my I have an accountant that volunteers for me now, and she goes, "You're not going to have a nonprofit if you don't have a profit." And so, finding money and resources is something you have to 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 start with. So, we started a partner with with donors. I would just tell a story, and they would be want to come alongside. And so, one at a time. It always starts with one. It never starts with ten or twenty. It just starts with one woman one student and so took one of my best friends to kenya in october i mean in um, january 2014 she was an educator came back resigned her job on a trip following that april we were in a gift shop on safari and michelle loves to shop um, she was a born shopper i'm not and so but she drugged me in there and she's like i found something really interesting this th- these pair of earrings said they're made by local artisans with fair trade principles we had no idea what those words meant, but we were very intrigued by what, what we saw and just felt a real pull toward it.
0: You know, wanting to investigate it further.
1: <laughs> wanting to investigate it, and that's what I can do well. And the ER, you're, you 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 don't you don't believe anything until you have a lab test to confirm it. And so I was like, ah, do this really, does this really help people? Does this really help women as we began to read? You know, or is it
0: just a marketing technique?
1: Or yeah. is it just a marketing technique? And so we came home, discovered that there was a conference for fair trade So I guess there's medical conference, there's educational conferences. I think there's conferences for For every field, but we just didn't know. We got on an airplane, went to Indianapolis, Indiana. That's where they were holding their yearly conference and began to meet amazing people, began to understand what fair trade actually means and began to our early process of partnering with organizations that are dealing with artisans all over the world. So we started with Kenya. We began to bring back, I call them trinkets in a sense. So we we just began to see things that we could possibly sell and bring them back. Lakeland has an amazing downtown uh, market every Saturday from mm-hmm.
0: eight to two. Well, people searching for something unique.
1: Yes. So we applied, they accepted us, I set up one table and sold stuff. I was shocked. I couldn't believe that people would actually purchase something. Prior to that, I felt like we were gonna have a thrift store because yeah. that's what the Salvation Army does. And all those are great. So I did like 20 garage sales and I don't even like garage sales, but, you know, you do what you have to do to raise funds. Yeah. As we began to also kind of just start going into the fair trade aspect, learning, of course, Michelle Johnson was a big push behind this because she loves to shop and buy and sell. We started from one table to two tables and eventually every Saturday morning we would actually put up four tables. Oh, wow. And just began to build our build our inventory build different things, meet more people through. We went started going to New York now. We started going to the Atlanta market and you begin to build that network in the fair trade community and you're able to partner with world changers. And what uh, you liked
0: about it is you're going, I'm seeing the impact that buying these particular products has on the people in these other countries that are making them. So it connects to kind of the the deeper sense of why that Take Heart was really formed around is Giving, giving, you know, hey, once we've once we've got the mental health going in the right direction, mm-hmm. we've got them the support they need. Mm-hmm. Now they need something to to engage their hands mm-hmm. in to, to mm-hmm. be able to be self-sustaining. Right. And so your, your vision was, is these these fair trade products mm-hmm. were exactly that for other people, not necessarily mm-hmm. all in the Kenya region that, mm-hmm. that you all were servicing, but mm-hmm. in other countries.
1: Right. And what I've learned, artisan groups to make things that people want to buy it's a full-time job. And so it became clear that not necessarily our widows in our community, we help them with sustainability by these small businesses, like I mentioned with Caroline. And, but we began to meet people that actually partner with them with sewing, with jewelry, with pottery, with baskets and working directly with them, created a way for them to have sustainability and actually made Take Heart Global. Oh, we wow. are having just an incredibly global impact so, so
0: by the by aligning these other vendors it's almost like you've created affiliates all over the world that are now helping to spread the word of what take heart is and and create awareness around it.
1: Yes, and we had such a great response from Lakeland Downtown Market. We began to see that okay, I think we're going to have a store. And that began a dream. You know, dreams have to start years before they happen. And we just started the process in thinking the LDDA Lakeland downtown develop association um, was very supportive in me and saying, we really need you downtown a fair trade shop would just be perfect. And we started the investigation, a small 600 square foot store opened in March uh, over three years ago. And we took that big step and, and launched from the downtown market. We were also visiting schools and rotary clubs and, Kiwanis Clubs and all kinds of anybody would advise to come, yeah, so we come and share. You're like,
0: hey, we've got we've got this anchor here in, in town that you can come and visit and see, see our goods. So you're not having to just know what market we're going to. Right. But you didn't stop your community outreach efforts. And you, now you've you got something to point everybody to.
1: Right. Right. So now we have a storefront. And the key thing that separates Take Heart from other nonprofits is the, the proceeds from the store covers all our expenses. Which
0: allows the donor funds to flow right into the people they're trying to donate to. Yes, we
1: can't say 100% according to our CPA because people don't always, you know, do that. But but 95% of your funds go directly to what you're passionate about, the education or the empowerment of women. And in our store also, we're very passionate internationally, but we're also passionate for local. And we have many local artisans that are in the store. And I'm a Lakeland girl. I've been here my whole life. And we're actually excited to just to impact and be part of the downtown family.
0: You, you know, if you're speaking to the community, because it sounds like there's a lot of ways for someone to get involved with Take Heart. I mean, mm-hmm. it sounds like they can get involved just, just purely financially and, mm-hmm. then, and then allow others to do the volunteerism. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also sounds like there might be an angle for some volunteerism if someone was, was wanting to, to make a trek over or to mm-hmm. help, in, help in a more like physical involved way. You know, what are the ways that the community can get involved with Take Heart?
1: Yes, the community of Lakeland. First of all, I'll say a big thank you, because we have been uh, supported in so many different ways. But as you grow, we now have land, and so we're we're on that beginning of 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 that journey to build a school. I'm partnering with my high school principal. Uh, he's been in Lakeland in school system over fifty years. Which is so school? So he actually now is still teaching. We okay. I graduated from Evangel Christian. Okay. So in Lakeland in 1986. He's been in the Polk County system for starting as 54. He still oh, works wow. full time at, at, at Ridgeview, Global Ridgeview Academies okay, in Davenport. Global. And so love that he, he and I have been on three trips together, just returned a few weeks ago. So that's one way. That's like the, the front line right now okay. is the building of the school and a guest house. Someone wants to come alongside and, and be part of something incredible We have uh, volunteer opportunities for what we also have our our fundraiser coming up, our 5K in September. And that's something that people, we have such a huge support system, but looking for vendors, looking for participants. We have way more walkers than runners. So don't think this (laughs) This is a, this is not a a professional 5K where your timing is going to lead you to a marathon or something. So, but we've had over 400 people sign up even in 2020. Oh, so wow. this community- so
0: for how this one's gonna go in 2020. Yes, yeah.
1: yes, so we met our goals and we've had some, have, have set some very big goals. Um, the community can continue to support and come and shop in our store and support downtown, downtown Lakeland. Every purchase, I, I think I mentioned before, maybe that in the emergency room, you're skeptical about many things. I it took me a couple of years to really believe and understand fair trade and that this truly makes a difference in the lives of these artisans. I know the owners of these organizations. I can't travel all over the world and visit the people myself. I would love to, but my passion is in Kenya. So the 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 artisans we have in Kenya, I've been to those organizations so many times and we have one artisan of our own, but it's a full-time job running an artisan <laughs> artisan group. And so he actually makes things out of recycled electricity wire. That's Fair Trade is is amazing and started by a group of Mennonite missionaries over 70 years ago who were teaching people to farm the land. And they began to notice artisans. And so over a period of years they started bringing things back. And they have an organization called 10,000 Villages. They are the top fair trade organizations a store in Winter Park, but those people setting the, the the path, everybody has to launch it and set it. Uh, we've followed it, and so it it the, the products really, really do make a difference. I have vetted them. I understand it clearly. Like I said, we have um, local artisans too, and so. And we also have organizations that give back that want to support American-run organizations too. So we literally have a global impact, a local impact, and a national impact just from one purchase in our store.
0: And, and so you can feel good about your money going into this organization, you know whether you want to, to, to give to help build the school, if you want to be an ongoing giver, maybe sponsor a family or sponsor somebody, or if you just simply want to, to, to be a patron of, of the storefront here in Lakeland. Um, all of the resources are pulling together to really support this mission. So um, I think that if you're listening to this and you're looking for a way to get involved, or to be honest with you, if you just want to learn more about um, how you can get involved, you know, you, in, in this case, you have found your passion in Kenya, you know, but maybe someone else might find their passion somewhere else. And if you're looking to learn more about the discovery of this passion, I would really recommend aligning with Take Heart. You know, I think that they can yes. they can give you more information about you know, how they've arrived at, at their starting point, mm-hmm. how you can uniquely arrive at yours. And if your, uh, your 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 internal compass happens to align with Take Hearts, there's a lot of ways for you to get involved with the program, you know, from, yes. from a time standpoint to a financial standpoint, wh- whatever you've got to give. I think that th- this is a real meaningful organization to, to align your resources with.
1: Yes. You know, once I resigned from the ER, people there would say, you're doing amazing things wow, what wish we could do what you're doing. I'm like, listen, what we do in the ER is amazing. If everybody runs off to Africa, who's (laughs) going to run the ER? We have a big problem. And so when I first came back, I judged everybody. Like the world is starving to death. I just saw a woman hang herself because she had no hope. You're like, we got to take
0: action and now. You got to take
1: action. And so when you saw me coming, they'd be like, oh Lord, here she comes. She's going to judge me for drinking a Starbucks and eating out at Outback. Then I kind of settled down a little bit. And when I knew this was going to be my calling, I shifted from a judgmental to an inspiration. To myself, I've resigned my job and been very radical. I, I feel like I'm an example. I'm not asking you to look at something that I didn't do for myself and that I'm not leading the way by an example. America is drowning in their excess. And I even say too, when I speak, just like you just mentioned, you don't have to help take heart. I'd love for you to help take heart. I'd love for you to partner with us. And, but I want to encourage people to, Do something that's bigger than themselves, whether it's in our backyard here in Lakeland or in Kenya or the world's a very big place and the world needs us. And you can make a huge difference by just a small amount of money and sacrifice. And so I do always say too, not everybody can run off to Africa, but we can all buy fair trade. That is something that I tell people.
0: You can choose how you spend your money, who you spend your money with, you know, what you support. And and you know, more importantly, what it sounds like what with the biggest thing that set you off on this path was starting to 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 get self aware of what meaning you wanted to have in the world outside of yourself. And yes. so it started with that question. Um, and I think it was prompted by your mom. Your mom mm-hmm. asked herself that question at some point of her life mm-hmm. and then and then lived a life of action. Um, pointed at that at that cause, at, at, at her why, mm-hmm. and I think that the way she lived her life inspired you to ask yourself a similar question. I think it sounds like what your deepest hope in all of this is is that maybe you can be an example to others to ask themselves that deep question. And that might align with Take Heart, it might align with some nonprofit that hasn't mm-hmm. been thought up yet, right? Um, you know, but the point is, is that we all should maybe be asking ourselves how can we align our action with something that makes a greater impact for the world, something that's out of just our personal sphere and our personal family and understand Mm -hmm. that we all have access to give to something else. We need to start by searching for what that is for us uniquely.
1: Right. Right. And, and, and true at the core of what I do is based out of the, of the gospels in the Bible that you are to, to, to be radical to sell all you have and give it to the poor I always love that, and in, kind of in the church community, people like, "Oh, well, that scripture is only for a few people. <laughs> that doesn't apply to me." But the scripture that says, "All oh, you who are, heavy, are 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 heavy laden and 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 need rest," oh, that's for everybody. And so I feel like that inspiration is for all of us. My mom was incredible. Um, even I, I was thirty when she died, and didn't understand it. Now I'm fifty three, you begin to understand things a whole lot more. But she was quite radical in 1958 got on a ship she was 27 had two degrees southeastern uh, florida southern and augusta school of nursing was an rn went on a ship by herself to liberia west africa and ran a leprosy colony deep in the village with another woman this is 1958 if you did that today if you did that today people think you're crazy 1958, then, they knew you were crazy. They knew you were crazy. <laughs> she said she cried herself to sleep for a year. She had no access to anybody. But as, as as she surrendered to that, made a huge difference in that community. And she always taught me that you take something with you. She said, if I was starving and you handed me a Bible, I'd burn it for firewood. So when you take something, education, when you take medicine, when you take uh, empowerment, To, to we, we want to help bring you out of this, then you have a wide open...
0: You have, you have someone who's open to be able to, to, to yes. hear what you're trying to say yes. once you remove some of these obstacles. But exactly. it's hard to help people mentally get into the right place mm-hmm. if they're dealing with basic need obstacles. Right. You know, right. you, you go back to that Maslow's hierarchy of need. If you don't have your area. Right. Principles taking you know place, or you don't have those things covered. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to, to to think about your deeper needing in the world. Yes, you know, which is probably why y- you feel so passionate about getting us here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. to think more deeply. Because I'd say by by and far, even even our people in the most poverty. Um, would be considered to be above the poverty line mm-hmm. in a lot of the uh, of the countries that you're that you're pointing this at. I would right. say if not if not if not a lot all. Yeah. You know. So we have to understand that we are, our perception is very different here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. than what is in some of these other countries. And I've heard I I've heard several people like say you know once once I've been immersed in some of mm-hmm. the, in another culture, mm-hmm. um, you you learn all the things that you take for granted, um, because it's just normal here.
1: Right. Yes, no. And you would think after 17 trips to Kenya and m- many other places so in the world, that I would have it down that I, but I meant like that I wouldn't even, even every day in my life, I have to focus. I had a pillow to sleep on last night. I had a bed, I have running water. I have a flushable toilet. I have clean water. I have a refrigerator full of food. I go through that every morning of myself and to, to for sure I focus on what really matters. And I'm, I'm passionate about it. I've, I've volunteered in our inner city here with, with, with teenagers. And um, they need a lot of support and help. And that's what I say to people. It, it, you find what you're passionate about. We're all passionate about different things. And slowly, you can make a difference. Now, it is difficult. If you haven't traveled there and actually, there's really no, there, there's no comparison to what poverty, but poverty, heartache, abuse, whether it's in our inner city here or whether it's there is, is something that is tragic. And internationally, the statistic for aged out orphans is 70% are trafficked. In America, aged out foster kids of the girls that become trafficked here in America, 84% were aged out foster kids. Same demographic right here in our city, in our state, and in our country. And so it's literally all of us doing, doing something. And that's what I want to try to inspire people to think about what you can sacrifice, what can you, and, and and the thing that's so amazing is you're the one that becomes blessed, you're the one that becomes fulfilled, but also wanna add, it's not simple. There have been so many times I wanted to resign, but my I feel like my boss is God, so he doesn't take my resignation. There have been so many times, one of my mottos in life, and one of my greatest gifts is I just get up. I just get back up. I might get knocked down, I get back up again. I might seem like this is too difficult, and I just move on. I had a friend just tell me this two days ago when I was, I'm feeling now overwhelmed about this project of building it's a lot of money we need to raise. And she's like, you used to say that about the store. You said you're going to have a store. Now you have a store. You used to say that about QuickBooks that you could never do QuickBooks. And so I think always remembering where you've come from helps you see where you're going and that all things are possible if you just keep Stepping forward, well,
0: and, and and understanding that it's solving a thousand problems, mm. and and that no one problem is going to be the clincher. Yeah, right. Like your 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 mission to raise this money—it's one dollar at a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. The, the 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 millionth dollar wasn't any any easier, or harder mm-hmm. to raise than the hundredth mm-hmm. dollar, the right. first dollar. Right. It's just you had to keep at it. Right. You know, and so so from your mentality, you're going. It's not a. Are we going to accomplish that? Mm. Well, it's just about how long is that going to take? Yeah. You know, and I yes. desire to accomplish a lot of goals. So I hope I can do it really quickly right. so I can move on to the next goal. Right. Um, but uh but if it doesn't go the way I the way I planned, all that it's gonna do is cost me extra time. It's not gonna deter me from accomplishing what I'm setting out to accomplish. Yes. And I know that we're we're traditionally a, a business podcast here, but for you entrepreneurs that are listening to that, it, it's no different. You know, getting involved in the community, getting involved in the global community, um, or getting involved in a cause that's near and dear to your heart or building a business. Um, it, it's all very, very similar foundationary principles, mm-hmm. which is set a course and take action against that course mm-hmm. one day at a time, one problem at a time, one step at a time. So I, I know as we, as we pull this together and we close, you know, if someone's listening, that's been inspired by this. Okay. Cause that's what happens a lot. People get inspired. Yes. Then the next step is to take action on right. that inspiration. W- what do you think sh- is a good first step for someone who hasn't gotten involved in a, in a, in a in a deeper m- meaningful problem like this it's you know most of what they've pointed their efforts at have been internal so far which mm-hmm. sometimes that's easier to get motivated because mm-hmm. it's self-serving so this is something you got to go out and, and serve serve others mm-hmm. what What's a good first step to, if they've been inspired by this that they should take?
1: I think you kind of look within what is what inspires me what gifts and talents do I have? what moves me to action and then began just the exploration process, began to talk to other people. I sat down with someone who wanted to start a a nonprofit for mental illness, you know, so, so we sat down and we talked about it and I began to talk because, because this is me talking, but you have to understand there's a hundred people behind me that came alongside me that supported me, that gave me um, even, even just say Florida Baptist children's home. We go and meet with them every few months and they pour, wisdom into us. So I think the first step is to try to just begin the exploration of what something that you're interested in and then find people that are doing something and talk with them and see where you can connect because that's how I never intended to start a nonprofit. And we have actually have an international business. It's, it's it's crazy. I have a local business, they're a retail store, I have international business. I'm now growing sugarcane and selling it in Kenya. And it's very interesting. Once you start, then the other things just tend to follow after they all that into place. Yes.
0: So, so maybe if you're listening to this, your first step is schedule time this week mm-hmm. to investigate something that you think could be near and dear to you. Right. And then before you end that session, whether you allocate 10 minutes, an mm-hmm. hour, whatever, before you end that session, schedule the next step. Right. And just keep doing that once a week until you find what your why is. You, right. know, you know, One of the things that, that you should really pull out of the take heart story this was a 12 year journey for them. This wasn't an overnight thing. She didn't figure this out in a week or a day. No, she, she felt that something was missing something, something needed to be added to her life. And that's all she knew. And she sat down on 12 years of figuring out what exactly that meant to her. Until all of a sudden, just like an overnight success, it all clicked into place, (laughs) you know, an overnight success, 20 years in the making is generally, (laughs) generally how it goes, you know? And so, so when you, when you prepare your mind to, to, to receive that, okay. And you seek it out. Yeah. When you find it, it will feel obvious, you know, but it might take you a lot longer to find it than you think. So don't be discouraged by that. I think that's the, probably the most encouraging part of your journey to me. Is that it wasn't overnight for you it, right it took you it took you some time to figure out what all this meant and and i think that that gives us all a license for it to be okay yeah maybe it should take time if it's going to be meaningful and it's mm-hmm. going to be what you spend your life doing right um, it's gonna be what you spend your life executing against especially right. if it's something that changes your whole life the way that, that yours was right and so what i'd say is if you're listening to this You know, for some of you, that might mean that it's going to be a a life altering experience. You might quit your job. For some of Mm -hmm. you, it might just be another project you pick up. Right. You know, whatever degree it is, whatever area within that bell curve Mm -hmm. from from the least amount of of action to the most life changing action, you know, be open to receiving that message and be receiving that new path.
1: Right. Because everybody can't be the visionary and the dreamer. There are people that come alongside. There are helpers and I have all of those in this, uh, in the community that we have would Take Heart. And, you know, also there's, why, why are you making money? I hope I hope there's somebody listening that's made a lot of money and wants to put it toward a school, but try to ask the why. Why have I been gifted to make this money? I always admire um, Bill Gates. I even have some differences, maybe with some of his opinions, yeah. but I admire that he gives half of his, of his income and some other people, because they say the more you make, the harder it is to give. So, mm-hmm. Even those that have the gift of of making money or you have an amazing skill, though it doesn't mean you have to resign your job and do something else. But what are you, like you said, pick something up, pick up a project, use those funds instead of maybe what you might want to purchase, something bigger or better or nicer that you would then invest it into an organization that you're passionate about.
0: Uh, Yeah, it's an interesting one because everybody's got different gifts. So so what you're really saying is, you know, get it, get, get self aware understand what you do very mm-hmm. well and then mm-hmm. try to leverage that gift for more than yourself. Right. And maybe that's the biggest overarching message and and I think what you're what you're really saying is when I did that when you did that mm-hmm. personally you're going I don't want to leverage this gift for anything else but this. Right. And and you're going this was so fulfilling for me that it just it, for for me personally, it it became so obvious. This is what my life was supposed to be about. Right, and that won't happen to every single person that sets right. off on this path. But for some people, they're going to say, "Man, this is such a fulfilling path. This is more fulfilling than even the job I've spent the last twenty years doing. And I love that job, and I love those experiences." Yes. Um, but when I compare how I feel about what I'm doing each day. To this, mm. it all pales in comparison. So for you, it was an easy transition. It wasn't easy maybe to execute it, but it was probably once you decided to do that, yeah. it was an easy choice to make. You know, but it took you it took you time to get there. Right, it took you time to prepare to be there. Right. So be open to it. Um, if you're listening, and and if if what what they've said today you know, resonates with you, if it's something that you think that Take Heart could be an organization you could get behind, I would really challenge and encourage you to start the process of reaching out to them, discovering more about them and how your gifts might be able to fit in and align with what they're trying to do.
1: Wow, yes. And we do have so many arms. I think some people think we just have a retail store. Some people just think we're a nonprofit. We have so many different aspects that people could come alongside and partner. Even like I said, I have an accountant that volunteers for me she gets to use her gifts and skills business was a businesswoman interested in in being on a board that does lots of business and international projects. and so but we can all, like I said, come down two four eight North Kentucky Avenue and shop downtown Lakeland. not just take heart, but there's some amazing restaurants and stores down there that are local businesses that um, and so we can all make a difference with how we choose to to spend our time and our money. I love
0: it. I love it. Well, thank you so much. I cannot wait to catch up with you all in the future and see what else mm-hmm. y'all have got going on. Thank um, you. You know, again, if you're listening, support this organization and support our downtown, uh, our downtown shops and, and and businesses, especially in a post COVID world. Yes. Everybody, everybody needs a little <laughs> bit of love. Amen. Thanks for tuning into the Growing Pains podcast. We hope that you've learned something new or been inspired by this week's episode. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn to see more throughout your week. We thank you for your support and hope to see you next week.